Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 259. In this episode, we talk about HubSpot CRM Suite Professional Teardown. Learning from HubSpot pricing models, who is HubSpot CRM Suite Professional for, when you should upgrade, and some examples about interesting upgrade parts. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing, and operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well, Ian, and my brain is buzzing from getting my head around HubSpot's pricing model, which I must say, they've done a good job of making it simple and easy to navigate, and yet it is actually quite complex. There's actually a lot of things in there. And so we'll be going through some of those things tonight, but it's, uh, I think they've done really well to make it very approachable and digestible, I guess. So it's such a, a complex suite of products and to put it in that way. I think we can learn a lot from that and I'll chat about that in a second. That's right. So let's actually start talking about that in the first instance. And listeners, if you haven't listened to our previous episode where we talk about CRM Suite Starter, that would be a good place to start if you're actually thinking about jumping into the suite of products that HubSpot has to offer. But this is the next one along in terms of the tier, and that's what we're going to discuss. Yeah. And so if you've already got your HubSpot portal in place, you've got your licenses, you know what you want, you might be thinking this episode, oh, this isn't much interest to me. I'll uh, I'll move along, you know, can, I'll skip this one. Well, sure you can. Here's something I want to suggest to you though, dear listener. Have you struggled with setting your own pricing models or is it just me? Because I know just for our agency and we're pretty simple in what we offer, I've done a lot of thinking about how we price our products and it's changed over the years and how we adapt and, you know, are we adding value and all of this kind of thing. So if, if that's your case, and especially if you're a SaaS product as opposed to being a professional services provider like we are, I think it's very instructive to look at how other companies approach their pricing. And given, as we said in the intro, how complex HubSpot's product suite is these days, we can learn a lot from just how they've structured pricing. In particular, how they have their hubs and tiers, and then have they've got this bundle option, which then one of the bundle options is to have these suites, which we're going to chat about. So I think there's a lot to learn there. One thing I did want to chat about, though, Ian, is pricing triggers, because I think this is a key thing. When do you move from starter to pro to enterprise? And you can go to just about any pricing page. I mean, we're no different on our agency site. We have tiers. Uh, especially for our retainer products, you can go, you know, there's a starter tier and then you move up and then there's um, additional enhanced tiers. It's a lot of thinking that goes into that. And one of the, I guess, approaches that I've tried to embrace is this sense of having a growth triggered tier. So that is you upgrade to the next tier when your business has grown and therefore it's the next step. I think HubSpot has done a pretty good job about uh, of applying this. But in some cases, and this is a problem with many SaaS tools, I have to say, there's also irritation-based triggers. So let me explain the difference between irritation-based versus growth-based. Irritation-based are when they put artificial limitations. So in HubSpot's case, they might say, oh, you can only have five active lists or you can only have 15 pages in CMS uh, start and things like that. And it's kind of like, oh, this irritation. I haven't grown as a massive business to therefore want to go to the next level, I've just got this irritation 
that I have to pay to get over. I don't like irritation-based triggers. In fact, I quite dislike them, and we've talked about this many times on the show. What I really prefer is a growth-based trigger. It's like, right, we've now used the functionality of the product to its fullest, and we're a growing business, and we want to move into a new area of functionality. For example, we want to move into more sophisticated testing, or we want to move into particular areas of personalization, or we've grown our brand, so we want brand expansion. These are all places where I think an upgrade is a very inviting proposition. And I'm glad to say that HubSpot does that well, by and large. They do that well. There are some irritation-based ones, but by and large, it's a growth-based one. And I really like that. And I think as we go through it tonight, listeners can learn and apply that kind of mindset and approach to their own pricing. You want people growing and then you grow with them as opposed to them getting frustrated and being forced to go to a next tier. Any comments on that before I talk about one of my little unpopular opinions though, Hean? No, I think it's very true, Craig. And we see that every day, right? Because we're dealing with multiple vendors in terms of software that we utilize for businesses. And we see that there's everybody has their own little nuances and I guess triggers where you have to pull the button to go to the next level. So yeah, I think it's a very good point to note. Here's one thing I want to talk about. It's a little niggle, and I know I'm in a minority here, but one of the enterprise features of HubSpot is single sign-on. I think that should be free on all tiers because it's part of security. Now, admittedly, most smaller companies are not going to do single sign-on. They're not going to use it. It is an enterprise most commonly used in enterprise feature. However, it's related to security, and I think HubSpot could change the game and be different to almost every other SaaS tool where single sign-on is an enterprise feature. And they could say, you know what, we're providing this at the free level because we really want to encourage best practice in terms of security for all companies. And so that's one area. I just want to raise that on the podcast. I know I'm no one agrees with me here, but when it comes to security, could you imagine HubSpot saying, oh no, you only get two-factor authentication in enterprise? No, of course not. Of course, two-factor authentication is at every level. I think single sign-on should be in a similar case. Anyway, with that final note, let's just also mention that the HubSpot pricing is continually changing. And this is the great thing. And now that could be due to very many reasons, could be due to global ones like the pandemic because they brought out that CRM suite starter special pricing as a result. Thank you, HubSpot. That was excellent. Could be due to product updates such as a new hub, operations hub, and also just new features. You know how they've split out brand domain? Uh, no, what do they call them? Brand Business units. What they used to be called? Brand domains, it was right? brand domains. Brand yes. domains. And they're now business units and additional domains. Yeah. Correct. As they change things, it's constantly changing. So we're actually in the episode today going to talk more at a general level so that this doesn't become out of date in, in mere weeks. But yeah, just talk about some of the approaches and why you might consider upgrading. Right. So I'm just going to say, like, if you've got starter, you've basically got all the basics in one place, right? Now, if you're thinking about professional, general people, people are talking about automation and they're talking about testing and personalization. And then when we move on to enterprise, we're focusing more on customizable security. Uh, We're talking about content and feature partitioning and growth into multiple brands, which we just discussed. So that's kind of the key differentiators between each of the pricing tiers. So let's move on to CRM Suite Professional 
a quick overview of what you're getting in this professional bundle. So let's start out with that. So we've got Marketing Hub Professional, and that comes with 2,000 marketing contacts. Next, you also get Service Hub Professional and Sales Hub Professional, and they both include five paid users in there. And a question we often get is, oh, can I have more users or can everybody use that? But generally, what we've found as we've worked with different businesses, these licenses are sufficient or you can add on sing, um, additional licenses as need be. And people can still use their free login to get into the system. So that's a really big thing. You get CMS Hub Professional and you get Operations Hub Professional now. And that's what's included in the CRM Suite Professional. Now, we're now going to talk about contact here pricing, right? If listeners, you listen, or if you're on starter, you probably think, well, it just goes up in thousand lot increments. In CRM Suite Professional, each increased tier is actually 5,000 contacts, and it starts in Australia $375 a month. I think it's $250 in the US, which equates to about $75 per thousand contacts, and getting cheaper based on the tier or the number of contacts in the system. So just be aware of that. The more contacts, that price starts to go down. Once you get near 57,000 contacts, you are actually better off upgrading to enterprise in the marketing perspective, because that's kind of the tipping point where we see contact growth start to equal the price of enterprise. And that's where you do that. I just want to make a comment on this pricing of contacts. So this is one of the things that I think must change over time. They're pricing around contacts. And I know they've put a lot of thought into it. So I'm not privy to any of those calculations or the reasoning behind it. I'm purely talking about this as an outside observer. But I feel that this idea that if you start small, you're a small business, you pay more for contacts, I feel is again... I just don't like it. I don't think it's in the spirit of encouraging growth, growth growth-based triggering. And as we talked about um, when we looked at CRM Suite, the actual CRM Suite starter actually has a really good pricing for contacts. As long as you buy the suite, the pricing of contacts in CRM Suite starter is actually the same of contacts in Enterprise, which I think is really good and probably a mistake or a considered mistake on HubSpot's part because then when you go to pro it actually costs more for contacts but then it costs less for enterprise when you go to enterprise I think they should just make contact pricing the same across all hubs and tiers and and bundles and I also think they should get rid of these blocks of 5,000 and 2,000 because it is irritation based triggers upgrade like if you're just on 2,000 contacts on marketing pro and then you tip over into 3,000, you've actually got to buy an extra 5,000. That's an irritation base. That's not rewarding you for growing. That's actually disadvantaging you for growing. And so I think that needs to change around contacts. And then the actual tiers that go up in price, I think that's fine. And enterprise, it's actually really expensive now. I'm totally happy with that. Because when you go to enterprise, you want this enterprise extra functionality. You've grown as a business, hopefully profitably, and you can afford to buy these additional features, which will help you to grow even more. Totally happy with that. Contact's always going to be a bugbear. That's right, Craig. And I think when we look at enterprise, I think there you get 10,000 contacts included. 
in marketing and every and you'd sold in then 10,000 blocks additionally. So I guess if you apply the same logic backwards which in starter is 1,000 blocks, professional should actually technically be in 2,000 blocks if that's going to hold true to be consistent across the product suite. Explain that again. So Why would it be 2,000? Because you start with initially 2,000, so the next increment will be another two. Does that oh, make sense? Oh, right, in professional. Yes. You've got gotcha. Oh, okay, Because gotcha, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just talking about across the board. Sorry, if, I misheard you. I thought you said enterprise was in 2,000. No. But yeah, pro is in 2,000. That's oh, right. Yeah, right. So the, the rules are different across each of the product tiers, which is I then think causes confusion because if you just think you're initially buying X – and you always increase by X, yeah. whereas in professional, that's not happening. I think that's a really good point. However, I want to actually contradict myself now and say that one of the things I really did like that HubSpot did is they brought in this concept of marketing contacts versus non-marketing contacts. Agreed. So, you can have up to, what is it, a million non-marketing contacts so. or something in your portal? Yes. And you only pay for the marketing ones. I actually think that's fantastic I don't know if it's an innovation, whether others had it at first, but it's certainly not the norm. So I think HubSpot bringing that in was an excellent idea. I think probably where it varies is uh, against some of the other CRMs in the market that don't have, they don't price on contacts. For example, Salesforce, I don't think you pay by contacts, do you? You pay do. by users. No, you do also by contacts. Also by contacts, is it? Yes. Okay, my mistake. So I, I think, I thought some CRMs, uh, it was more based on users, but in any case, I think the, the marketing versus non-marketing contacts distinction that HubSpot brought in was an excellent idea. And I think that certainly does reward and allow growth uh, and even in the starter area where you can just set them as non-marketing. So I kind of want to show both sides of that argument. I'm annoyed about their pricing with marketing and some of these the tiers that you have to expand by 5,000 that. But on the other hand, I'm very complementary towards their non-marketing versus marketing distinction, which I think is a, a really good, a really good innovation. All right. Now moving on to who is HubSpot CRM Suite Professional for? And there are a number of companies that CRM Suite Professional would be ideal for. And so as we noted in shot one, here are some of the key things that will entice you to upgrade. The first one being automation, and this is on the marketing and sales and also the operations side. And secondly, would be testing in terms of A-B testing, multivariate testing on um, CTAs, for example, personalization and smart content. So I guess let's look at some of the characteristics of companies that might want to upgrade here. So I'm going to start with first by growing businesses, wanting to upgrade. People wanting to have more robust reporting for management and teams. So they often have business units that they cross and want reporting across those business units. The ability to test marketing emails. So this includes call to actions, smart content, personalization, and the likes. They're looking to simplify their current marketing and sales stack. So they're using multiple tools across the board, causing causing confusion and, and data loss. And they're looking to take advantage of automation and gain efficiency efficiency and grow rather than adding headcount. So that's a really big one. How do we make this a lot more efficient without adding any more people? 
And when we think about team sizes, Craig, often companies with, I've noticed with three or more salespeople or three or more customer service people, and they might have a one or two people like a marketing manager and a marketing assistant. And that's kind of where this kind of fits in. Yeah, I think this is a good set of segments. I really just want to reiterate what you said at the start. It's automation and testing. So typically when we're chatting with clients and they're like, oh, you know, we're on starter, why would we go to pro? No, that's the question. Why would we go to pro? Oh, there's a big jump in price. Why would we go to pro? And we're like, automation. Do you want to automate processes, automate your marketing, automate your sales, automate your service? It saves so much time. You'll save the cost of an extra person just by implementing it. And the cost of, you know, the upgrade in HubSpot is going to be um, a fraction of what you'd pay for a person that's doing all of that. So you can save time, plus it's going to be more accurate. So it's all about automation. That's the that's the conversation I have. Testing is a second, but even then, I kind of feel it's not as compelling as automation. Right, we've got to automate processes, get efficiency, reduce errors. Oh, and by the way, now that you've freed up time from doing that, we can actually spend some time doing testing, personalization, and smart content. Absolutely. Now we're going to talk about some interesting upgrade triggers that we hear from people that we talk to quite often. And the first one that we often hear is, I want a single source of truth for my data. And one of the things that I'll discuss here is that people often will integrate multiple tools like Active campaign or other sources of truth where they have data, and they'll connect that into HubSpot to make sure that they have that single source of truth. So that's the first one. The next one is they they say they want to manage multiple business units. So it might be a business, an overarching business, and they have separate brands that they that they manage, and then that's where this might come into. Now this is probably more of an enterprise example because this feature is enterprise but this often gets people talking about well why do they need to upgrade and i guess this is where what's going to be interesting craig is that where and when do you upgrade when these things happen and thirdly you might want to think about when you get to a certain contact marketing contact count because there is a tipping point and as we noted earlier i think it's about 57000 is when you would then tip into the enterprise space in the marketing side of things and they're just some of the triggers the interesting triggers we get people asking about the other thing people often will do is they'll start to connect systems together so uh, most uh, one of the common ones is zero for example they'll say i want to push all i want to sync all my contacts between hubspot and zero when a deal gets to a particular stage and that's one of the other things that people are looking at you know i really liked your example that you 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 told me about in a bit more detail before we started recording but just to summarize and what you just alluded to there you you've got one of your clients they've got 15 separate instances of active campaign Correct. And you've actually just used Operations Hub to pull it into a single HubSpot portal yes. for the purposes of doing reporting and this single source of truth, as you said before. And I think that's, that's an, an amazing example where HubSpot uh, can provide a whole lot of value. I wouldn't say that's normal. I'm pretty sure that's a pretty unique example, but it's a very interesting example of upgrading to HubSpot to get benefit for the business. All right. So... Now we're going to talk about why would you upgrade to CRM Suite Enterprise and what are those triggers that are going to make that happen. And here are some trigger points to note. And we're going to go through this hub by hub 
just so it makes sense because a lot of these things also uh, cross multiple hubs. So I just want to tell people because they might be on the CRM suite, right? And they might say, oh, I want to upgrade a particular, let's say we get we hit that marketing contact limit. You don't have to upgrade the entire suite at this point in st- at this point in time. You could just upgrade to marketing enterprise, right? And vice versa with other products. So just think about it in that perspective about your ability to be flexible and just use the hubs that you need as you grow as well, while taking advantage of the suite to start. Yeah, can I just mention that I think that's where you do need to apply careful consideration of the various hubs because if you upgrade say two of the hubs to enterprise you might find that actually upgrading to the suite works out cheaper and the advantage of the suite by the way just to be clear is around pricing it's a bundle discount for buying them all together you don't actually get additional functionality that you wouldn't otherwise get from each of the individual ones being upgraded to enterprise the bundle is purely for pricing so yeah it's about working out what particular features you do want and then if there's enough of the hubs that you want to upgrade then the suite upgrade is on the cards all right craig so let's go one by one and upgrading to marketing enterprise and why would we want to do that so the first thing we often see is to do with partitioning so they're running multiple brands and they want to do the partitioning or they've got large teams and they want to partition it uh, in terms of content emails etc to particular teams. Yeah, there's a bunch around partitioning, which we could spend a whole episode. In fact, I think we have spent a whole episode on it way back, maybe last the day. year. <laughs> but then there's things like permissions, field level permissions. And as we alluded to earlier, there's a whole security model that has more customization available when you get to the enterprise level. That's right. The other thing people would often talk about is predictive lead scoring as opposed to manual lead scoring. The other one that we often find is the multi-touch revenue attribution, which again is being built out, or I think if you have more understanding around it, you will get a better outcome. Attribution is definitely one, and then custom objects uh, is another. And the other one is behavioral event triggers and reporting. That's the next thing that people might think about if they're upgrading to marketing enterprise. And again, contacts. That might be another trigger to upgrade to marketing enterprise. All right, now talking about sales enterprise, one of the things that we often find is people will request that they want to have single sign-ons. And now, listeners, this upgrade, this applies a crutchy to most of the hubs that we're talking about, single sign-on. You've got advanced permissions, like people can only see certain fields. You've got more in-depth sales analytics. You've got calculated fields, so that's another big thing. Well, you actually get five of them in pro, but if you want additional calculated fields, you need to move to enterprise. By the way, one of those irritation-based triggers, I, I kind, of, kind of say, you get five in pro. I'm like, ah, oh, when you want that sixth one, do you want to upgrade to enterprise? Yeah. Anyway. You've also got playbooks. So this is another big differentiator between professional and enterprise. And generally what this means is you can document your sales process or let's say the questions you want to ask in a sales call and it can collect the data into the system and put it into your fields that you've got within the CRM and then puts a summary onto your timeline. Hey, have you, have you used playbooks? 
No, we I chatted about I tested this it on with the you. show. I tested this with you, Craig. Yeah, remember? We're, did we talk about it on the show though? I don't recall. I'm not sure if we've done an episode, but no. Yeah, listen, it's a bit of an aside here. It wasn't really going to chat about, it, but it reminded me of um, the playbook that Kylie and our team built around yes. part of her process. And there was, I was like, oh wow, what's this? Because I hadn't actually used it myself. Kylie had built it out, and the playbook it was really good. I, I'd seen playbooks for ages. I'm like, what's this? Oh yeah, it sounds like a bit of fluff, you know. But I kind of, it's actually really good. <laughs> It is. It is very good. It just really helps you solidify your sales process and make sure you're collecting the right data in the meeting at the right time and it all going to the right place, which then allows you to trigger off other automation based on that, right? The next one I'm going to quickly talk about is conversational intelligence and predictive lead scoring. The other thing I wanted to say, Craig, which we're going to add to the show notes is the ability to trigger sequences from workflows. And that is a really big difference between a sales professional and sales enterprise. And that's something relatively new at the time we record this episode, but something that a lot of people have asked me about, but that's the ability to do that. So that is a definitely a big trigger. All right. On to service enterprise, Craig. Again, you'll see here more conversational intelligence because it's a lot like on the sales sides, you've got uh, service goals and you've also got playbooks like you do on the sales enterprise side. Now, I've got a section here upgrading to operations enterprise. There is no operations enterprise as yet, and that is not included because it doesn't exist, but I'm sure there's something in the pipeline. And finally, upgrade to CMS enterprise. A lot of this gets triggered out because of additional domains. So people wanting to host multiple domains on their HubSpot portal. They want to do adaptive testing. So this is the next level of testing beyond A-B testing. Again, custom objects. The other thing that's really interesting, Craig, is memberships. And this is available in enterprise. And some of the more geeky ones, you can build web apps and you can have multi-domain traffic reporting. Now, Craig, do you want to talk about what's common across a lot of the hubs? Yeah, I think worth highlighting that things like phone support, you get in professional and enterprise, adding teams. I think I think you do get one or two in pro, but then you get multiple in enterprise. I'll tell you the big thing between that and enterprise, which people might not be aware of, is roles. So when you set roles in enterprise. Oh, is that an enterprise thing? I love roles. Yes, They're correct. really handy. Do you quickly recap what roles are? So let me let me take a step back. So you've got a team of people, right? So you might say you belong to the sales team. Within the sales team, you might have different roles, right? You might have a role for here are the sales managers versus the sales people. And that role will give you access to different parts of the system. Is that a good explanation, Gray? <laughs> yeah, basically when you go through and set all the permissions for a user, instead yes. of having to do that for each user, you can just save it as a role and then apply the role to the user. Yeah, so it's really handy. Very well explained. So that's, a, that's another thing. In terms of we talk about access and security, that's another level of access and security when we mm. talk about roles. And finally, we've got more in terms of reporting analytics, calculated properties, record customization, Salesforce integration, and video hosting. All right. And finally, let's talk about the most common integrations that people look at when they're thinking about professional, when they get to a stage and they think about, well, hey, what else can I do in here? 
And let's talk about some of those, Craig. So first, I want to say a lot of people often come in and they think, well, I've never used email marketing. I've been uh, sending out sequences. How else can I talk to people? SMS. And that's the next thing that often people look at adding. And we often use Sakari or message media to do that. And they're actually sent out as part of a workflow. Correct. And that's why you need Pro for workflows, I for automation. That's right. And listeners, if you're thinking about why have we talked about two different messaging solutions, I often tell people if you're thinking about one difference between Sakari and message media is that Sakari has an app. So if you've got multiple people on the team that would be using SMS from a common number, you could potentially use the app across multiple users and you can reply from the app to the SMS. So you don't necessarily have to be with HubSpot or in HubSpot to reply oh, to that SMS. Right? Whereas with message media, if you have a common number and it is going into that common number, you don't have the ability to respond to it unless you're logged in to the message media portal or you're in HubSpot to respond to that. The next thing we look at doing is closing the loop with calling. So if one of the great things that people will often discover when they're using Sales Professional is that they will be using the HubSpot calling feature so they can call out of, the, out of HubSpot and track it. The next bit of the puzzle is, well, when people are calling me back in, how do I close that bit of the loop? And so that's what a system like Cradle does, which is tight integration with HubSpot. It will hook into HubSpot and it will actually, if someone's calling you, it's basically a cloud telephony system. It will look in HubSpot to see whether that contact exists. And if it does, it'll give you, uh, it'll give you a link to that cu- customer so you know who they are and you can click the link and see the contact profile, and then it'll obviously log and track that call. So you can close the loop of your calling using something like that. Craig, what's the third one? Well, multi-page quotes uh, with signatures. So I know you use Pandadoc, or many of your clients use Pandadoc, number of those. So I think Pandadoc is one of the most common integrations, isn't it, with HubSpot? It is, absolutely. And so you might be thinking, well, why would I use that versus using the HubSpot quotes feature? And it really comes down to uh, HubSpot Quotes feature is a very summarized single page quote. Let's put it that way. And Pandadoc quote, you can have multiple pages where you might get them to initial every page. They might even get options to choose different packages and create their own before they sign and submit it through to you. So that's the big difference. And what's the final thing we often see in terms of most common integrations, Craig? Yeah, well, just uh, integration with other CRM, Salesforce and Dynam- and Microsoft Dynamics are the most common ones that we see at the enterprise level. And listeners, if you've got any more, please let us know. We will add it in to the show. And finally, not departing from what we usually do, uh, our quote of the week, Craig. Well, you've got a good one here. Yes, and this is from the Maxwell podcast. And it was about how to become a lifelong learner. And it says, leaders, when you learn something, turn around and pass it on to others. A learner builds a reservoir of learning, but a leader builds a reservoir of learning and then becomes a river of learning to others. So listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and it's given you a good overview of why you would use HubSpot CRM Suite Professional. If you want to hear more about HubSpot CRM Suite Enterprise, please let us know because we will do an episode about that later on. Well, Craig, I hope you have a great week and listeners, have a great week. Catch you later, Ian. 
Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.